All right. Hey, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to stand to your feet this morning, whether you've been coming uh, for all three years or this is your first day, would you celebrate with me our three-year anniversary? Three years of making Jesus famous in this city. Three years of watching marriages be mended. Three years of replacing the guilt of religion with the grace of Jesus. Three years of watching addictions be overcome. Three years of helping people find hope when life hurts. Can we celebrate all that God has done in this place in the last three years? And stay on your feet with me really quick. What I'd like to do is I'd like to read a prayer over us. It's a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed to the church in Ephesus, and I think it'd be relevant for us today. He said this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together. Everybody say together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know his love that surpasses, everybody say surpasses, surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than what we could ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever and all God's people said, Amen. Before you sit down, you can give it up. It's okay. It's, it's going to be a celebratory type of day. <clears throat> Before you sit down, I want to say a prayer for us, and I want you to join your heart with my words. And uh, I want to also pray specifically. There's a friend of mine named Brent that's starting a brand new church. And if you don't know this yet, I have a huge heart for church plants. But he's starting a brand new church in St. Louis Obispo in California today, one of the most unchurched cities in our nation. And so I want to pray for you, Brent. If you get to watch this, man, we're for you. We pray God's favor over you, and we can't wait to hear what uh, your gospel-centered ministry is going to accomplish in St. Louis Obispo. So pray with me. Father, thank you for this morning. Father, thank you for all the reasons you have given us to celebrate. God, we continue to invite you to do abundantly more than what we could ever ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. God, we pray for Brent. We pray for his team. God, we pray that you just do an incredible work in and through their efforts there. And Lord, more than anything, that Jesus would become famous in that city. And so God, we lift this together as your church. And everybody said, amen. As you find your seat, look to somebody and say, hey, you look good today. You look good today. Do that really quick as you find your seat. <clears throat> Well, maybe if you're single, that helps you maybe start the beginning of a date. I don't know. I don't, maybe try to help you out here a little bit. Hey, uh, before I get into my sermon, I want to talk to you about something really quick that you probably know. Uh, but today we kick off this initiative called the Dollar Club. And the, the idea behind this is that we're going to take a dollar per every person that's in this room every week. So we're expecting you to bring a dollar above and beyond what you would normally give. And so if there's 500 people in this room on a Sunday then we're going to take $500, set it aside into this dollar fund. And this fund is specific. Its specific purpose is to be a no-strings-attached blessing to someone or maybe uh, something in our city. For instance, the first way that we want to use this dollar club is to bless the teachers down at Mark Twain Elementary, a school, a local school that we've adopted in our city. And what we want to do is we want to go in and renovate their teacher's lounge to let them know that there's a church that's thinking about them, that's praying for them, that believes in them. And so we're going to take this dollar club initiative. Uh, we'll, we'll collect it like over the next, we're going to do this every week. So we'll collect this over the next few weeks and we'll use that to do the renovation. Now, you know that if you, again, if you've been coming, you know that in the spirit of our three-year anniversary to kick off this dollar club initiative, we didn't want you to just bring $1. We wanted you to bring 
$3. And so if this kind of catches you by surprise and you didn't come ready to contribute today, but you'd like to join us, again, our hope is and expectation is that everybody would join with us in this. Uh, you can actually give by texting TRACEOS, all one word, doesn't matter if it's all capital or lowercase, but it has to be all one word, to 77977, and you can give those $3 or whatever you feel like God has laid on your heart to give. Sound good? Does that sound good? All right, just make sure you're still awake. Just make sure you're still awake. Well, guys, uh, I wanted to like, talk really quick and reflect. Like, have you ever thought about why we, why we pause to celebrate anniversaries and why we pause to celebrate birthdays and things like that? And maybe the obvious and most simple answer would be uh, we're celebrating the fact that another year has gone by. But one of the ways that I would like for us to look at that a little differently today is to uh, capture this idea of you know, pausing to celebrate another year, whether it's an anniversary, maybe it's a you know, new year, you know, one, of, one of those things. And it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to capture another year because it's amazing the difference that a year can make. This, you know, today, I guess I should say, today is an opportunity for us to capture the fact that God has done incredible work in and through our church for the last three years, but it's also an opportunity for us to capture all that he's accomplished in this last year. And it's amazing the difference that a year can make. This past week, I was searching through the internet, and I came across this picture right here. And this is the same woman. Uh, she's got different hair color, but she's got the same tattoos, you may notice. And the caption over this picture was, the difference a year can make. This is just one year different. And so as I was processing through this morning, I decided that what I wanted to talk to you about is the difference a year can make. But I'm going to kind of allow you to see something that happened behind the scenes. This last week, uh, God kind of stirred this in me because I didn't prepare to preach this message that I'm going to be preaching to you today. Uh, the title of this weekend was I Heart My Church, and so I had this approach in this sermon that I was building around this idea of like, what if we all just chose to love the church? Because oftentimes what we have a tendency to do when we come into church is we pick out the things that we don't like, we start to notice the things we wish were different, and we start to you know, use our preferences where I wish Aaron wouldn't preach with holes in his jeans and whatever it is. Uh, but we have a tendency to critique. Listen to me, we have a tendency to critique the church, don't we? I mean, we, sometimes it's just a natural posture. We have a tendency to critique the church before we choose to love it. But what if we actually chose to love the church first? I'm not saying you can't give us criticism and you know, pro uh, productive feedback and different things like that, but what if we chose to love the church first? The amount of like, strength and power and influence that we could create to leverage for the sake of God's kingdom, if you ask me, would grow exponentially if we would choose to love the church first. That's what I was going to preach on. But I'm thankful that I'm a leader of a church who allows some space for the Holy Spirit to do some work in my life to preach a message to you that I really wasn't prepared to preach. But I feel like God really wants me to talk to you about this because, friends, there's a lot of difference a year can make. And we lose sight of this sometimes, don't we? Just another year comes and another year goes and nothing really changes. And so what happens is sometimes we get caught in this rut of thinking where we say things like, well, I guess this is just how life is. I guess this is just who I am, and I guess this is just how things are going to be. And we begin to dismiss the difference a year can make. But one of the things that I want to help us to do this morning is to capture it. I want to encourage you to capture each and every year. And one of the things that I want you to know that I believe, and by the end of our time together, I want you to believe is this. It is possible for you to get a year removed from today, so right now you are here, but a year removed from today, it is possible for you to be experiencing things in your life that right now you don't even think are possible. 
Can I say that again? It is possible through the power of the Holy Spirit and God's transformational work that He wants to do in your life. It's possible that you can be here and a year from now, you may be at a place in your life experiencing something that right now you would say is not possible. And maybe the way that I could begin to illustrate that would be just talking to you about, talking to you about and even celebrating some things that God has accomplished in this church in the past year. Here are a few. In this past year, we became financially autonomous as a church. Now, I don't know what that means to you, but in the church planting world, one of the things that you will hear is that if you don't, don't become financially autonomous by year three, there's a great chance that you won't make it as a church. And I'm here to tell you that we became financially autonomous about two and a half years into this year, so about six months ago. Now, something that I think is worth celebrating, because you probably don't know this, in order to get a church started, you need a lot of help from outside churches and organizations and even people to give so that you can kind of get the church started on funds that you typically wouldn't have. And one of the things that's been remarkable about what God has done here is we were able to raise $750,000 outside of the walls of this church. People who believed in organizations and churches who believed on what we were trying to accomplish in Colorado Springs. $750,000. This year we also planted our own church. We took about 50 people from here in January and we sent them up to Trace North Gate. And we started a new church, and those 50 people, I'm really excited to tell you today, are now 200 people that are gathering on the weekend up there. This past year, we doubled our staff. This past year, we got over 50% of our adult attendance experiencing life in community in one of our, group, in one of our groups. This last year, we finished renovating this building. And again, if you're new here, you just walk in and you just see a building, but you saw some on that video, and that choked me up when I saw that this morning. I saw it for the first time. But as you walk through this building and you see uh, all these cool environments for kids and students and what we've been able to create here in this worship center, listen, I mean, it's cool the fact that we've done this, but, but listen to me, we didn't borrow a dime to do it. Based on your generosity and your, yeah, you can give it up for that. In this last year, 57 people said yes to Jesus and were buried in the waters of baptism. And yes, every life changed for Jesus is worth celebrating. <clears throat> this last Easter, we surpassed 100 baptisms as a church. And then this last year, we were able to, because God just helped us to free up some resource, we gave you $10,000. Maybe you remember this if you were coming. We gave you an envelope that said, be a trace or leave your trace. And in that envelope was a $100 bill or a $50 bill or a $20 bill. And we gave it to you. And we said, hey, we want you to become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit's guidance in your life. And so we want you to pray over this envelope. God, who needs a blessing in their life right now? And so many beautiful stories came out of that. But this was one of my favorites. A woman came to church one day and she brought this envelope. And she said, your, church, your church's generosity is the reason why I was able to attend any service today. When one of your members saw me, I was trying to calculate how I was going to make it to get plasma for donation when my tank was already on E. Thank you for this blessing and for a great message today. This lady later gave her life to Jesus and accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Yeah, we can give it up. <clears throat> it's amazing, church. It's amazing the difference a year can make. And imagine all that we could accomplish in this next year if we all decided to become even more committed. You've been hearing us talk about this over the last several weeks because your commitment, your commitment 
to make your faith the biggest priority in your life and to join us and to take ownership of this mission, not just the leaders here, but for all of you to take ownership of the mission that we have as a church. If we all just got a little bit more committed to that, just imagine what we could accomplish. But instead of looking at this from more of a broader lens, I still want to keep this message more personal because it's possible that you're here today and you've had several years come and go and you really haven't seen much difference in your life. And because you haven't seen much difference in your life, what you've begun to do is put some limitations on what you think God can do. Can I say it again? Because of what you've experienced, because of the things that you feel like you haven't experienced in your life, you've begun to put limitations on what you think is possible for God to do in your life. And so potentially someone in here, and I'm speaking to somebody, potentially somebody in here, or many of you even, are potentially buying this lie this morning that what you currently experience... What you are currently experiencing is what you should continue to expect. That what you're currently experiencing is what you should continue to expect. And it's not that you don't want it. It's not that you don't want life change. It's not that you don't want to see evidence of the power of God working in your life. It's not that you don't want to see transformation happening in your life. It's just not been your experience. And because it's not been your experience, you've kind of become accustomed to thinking, I guess this is not, just not something that I personally should expect. And so let's ask a real question. How do we get on the other end of this year and be able to look back and see real life change happening in our lives? Church, I really do believe it has to begin here. I believe it has to begin with your faith becoming your primary focus. And you get this, right? I mean, some of this is going to seem like common sense, like, yeah, yeah, Captain Obvious statement. But if you were honest, even though you know that this is what should be happening in your life, that your faith should be your primary focus, you also know that it hasn't been, has it? And so because it hasn't been, you've begin, begun to experience things. And your experience has not been that God's transformational power has been at work in your life. And because that's been your experience, now you put limitations up, or I guess that's just not what I should expect. And let me be clear about something. This is not about this is not about you trying harder necessarily. This is not about you saying, well, I guess I just need to do A, B, C, D, and E more. This is not about behavioral management where it's like just do more spiritual things and you'll arrive where you're supposed to arrive. No, it's not so much about more stuff that you need to do. It's about how much more you need to surrender. How much more you need to create space in your life for God to take up residence, for God to lead you and to guide you and to be your, yes, your Lord, but also the leader in your day-to-day decision-making. Let me remind you of something that I've already read in Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says, now to him, not you. This is not about you just trying harder so that you can obtain this. Now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more. Meaning there's more that could be offered into your life that there is no limitation with God. One of the things that I love about Jesus is you can pursue him every single day with everything that you have in you. And let's even like, like, let's shorten the distance, not even a year, but every single day. If you pursue Jesus with, <clears throat> with everything you have in you, there's still more that he can give you. More than all we ask or imagine according to his power, not our power, that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. But let's get honest. Because some of you are really struggling with this right now because it hasn't been your experience. 
And because it hasn't been your experience, it's really hard for you to see how this could be something that you could begin to expect. But would you be willing to admit this morning that this has also not been your primary focus? Listen, if you want to get on the other end of this year and be able to look back and see the transformational work of God in your life, then your number one focus has to be your faith. It has to become evident that your Heavenly Father is who you are pursuing above and beyond anything else. I want you to hear this from Jesus himself. In Matthew chapter 6, he says this, So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat or what we will drink or what we're going to wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Not what we think we need. Because oftentimes we find ourselves pursuing things that we think we need. If, you, if left up to me, I think I need the newest edition of Apple anything. I think I need a new series to watch on Netflix because I can't find one right now. I think I need more days off so I can go fishing. I think I need the Patriots to lose this year. Can I get an amen? amen. I think I need my kids to listen to me the first time that I asked them to do something. I mean, that would be a miracle. You think it was awesome that Moses parted the Red Sea? If my kids listened to me the first time, it would be a bigger miracle. In all honesty, guys, this is where we get off track. We start pursuing things that we think we need. And too much time and attention and even resource starts to go into things that we think we need. And this is kind of where the drift begins. And as we drift, our focus goes away from our faith becoming our primary priority, our primary focus in our life. But one of the best ways that I can encourage you this morning, no matter where you find yourself, is that God's on your side in this. You see, God wants his power to be at work in your life. And not only does he want it, he's actually also given you something to help create it. He's given you his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit is actually inside of you, trying to produce things inside of you and try to produce things in your life that will actually have lasting change. Paul gives us a hint into these things in Galatians chapter 5. He says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, and self-control. Can I ask you a question? If you got at the other end of this year, if you got a, a year removed from today, and these were the areas of growth in your life, would you actually feel like you needed anything else? And the junior high boy inside of us fellows are like, sex? I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, that's not the time. Goodness, right? Goodness is in there. I think we could put it in that category. Friends, when our faith becomes our primary focus... When we seek the kingdom of God above all else, we begin to partner with the Holy Spirit. We begin to partner with the Holy Spirit to produce these kind of things inside of. This is where real life change comes from. And you've heard me say this before, but I believe people experiencing life change are the most motivated to change others' lives. And so stay with me real quick, because what's happening, what God wants to do inside of you, if you'll stop put, putting limitations on him based on your past experiences and allow, not allow, and start to pursue this year, capture this year with a different expectation of what God could do in your life. And he begins to produce these things inside of you, and you begin to experience that life change. You're going to become the most motivated to change others' lives. And when God starts to use your life as a vessel to change others' lives, then you're going to start experiencing life transformation because there's no greater feeling 
that knowing that God is actually using you, not just to create life change within you, but using you to create life change within others. And Paul tells us that when this kind of transformation happens, we actually begin to see more clearly what purposes God has for our lives. Let me show you in Romans chapter 12. Do not conform, he says, to the pattern of this world. Let me say it differently. Stop chasing things that don't matter. Stop chasing things that you think you need, but you really don't need. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't miss this. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. When you allow this transformation to take place, when you give room for the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to do whatever it is that He wants to do, and He begins to produce Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When those things begin to be produced in your life and you experience this life change, and then you allow God to start to use your life to change the lives of others, and you start to experience life transformation, then God's purposes for your life and his will for your life will become even more clear. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now let me slow down. Because you know I like to keep it real. And because I like to keep it real, I want to talk to some people in here. Maybe it's a good chunk of you. Because some of you, even as I'm saying this, are still dismissing you in your life from experiencing this kind of work, this kind of transformational power in your life. And maybe the biggest stumbling block for you is your situation. Is the, or the circumstances that you find yourself in right now. And because of the situation that you find yourself in right now, you're probably even saying underneath your breath, well, Aaron, if you only knew, if you only knew what I was going through, you would know that that's not possible for me. And so even as I'm talking to you about this and sharing with you from God's word, you're still dismissing that this kind of change is possible for your life. And I'm here to get in your face this morning and tell you that you're not an exception and your circumstances don't make you an exception. Your situation doesn't make you an exception to God's desire to do something inside of you right now that will allow you to get a year removed from today and look back and think, I didn't even think that was possible. If that is you, and your circumstances or situation is becoming your biggest stumbling block to this reality, I want to encourage you from something that the Apostle Paul, not only does he say it, but it's something that he realizes in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Now, for those of us that grew up in the church, we know this is Paul talking about the thorn in his side. Some scholars would say it might have been uh, like his eyesight was going. It would have been some kind of ailment. But I don't really care for our context right now what it was that he was dealing with. But let me read to you what he just said a little bit differently. Three different times I begged the Lord to change my circumstances. Three different times I begged the Lord to change my situation. But each time he said, my grace is all you need because my power works best. Somebody needs to hear this. My power works best in your circumstances, in your weaknesses, in the situation that you actually want me to change so that the power of Christ can work within me. So whatever it is that you have in front of you this morning, whatever that obstacle is that is keeping you or maybe causing you to put limitations on what God could do in your life, can I remind you that he oftentimes wants to use that obstacle because that's his opportunity. 
the obstacle that you think is removing his ability to create some transformational work in your life is actually the very thing that he wants to use to create the transformational power in your life. That's been my story. This is why I can speak from it with so much conviction. Because God's taken some of the ugliest parts of my life and he's used them. He didn't want me to do that, right? He doesn't want you to sin. He doesn't want you to do things that cause harm to other people. Again, I'm not up here saying that God made those things happen so he could use it. No, we don't believe that. But he'll take it if you'll allow your life to become an offering to him and you'll open up your life to the work of the Holy Spirit to do a transformational work in and through your life. He'll take that crap. He'll take that pain. And he'll make it into purpose. He'll turn it into purpose. See, oftentimes we look at our situation and we say, God changed my circumstances. And God says, I'm more concerned with changing you. And sometimes the circumstances that God allows us to go through, and I don't pretend to know the mind of God. I don't know when he causes it and I don't know when he allows it, but it all has to go through his hands. That God allows us to go through what we're going through to prepare us for the purpose that he has for us. This past year, as I reflect back on a year, I went through the most difficult thing that I've ever gone through in ministry this past year. And as I was going through it, God reminded me of some advice that I've given to many of you. And it was as if he was saying, Aaron, it's time you take your own advice. And what he was saying was, and the advice that he was pointing me to was, don't let a good hard season go to waste. Somebody needs to hear that today. Don't let a good hard season go to waste because in this difficult season, God can teach you to seek him in ways that you didn't even know how to before that season presented itself. And so through that, it didn't make it any easier, but I began to search God out and God began to teach me some things through that difficult season where it's like, Aaron, I can't change all the circumstances that are coming your way in life. I actually could. I'm not going to. But what I can do is teach you to depend on me regardless of your circumstances. What I can do is help you to depend on me regardless of your situation. And friends, that was one of the most faith-growing moments of my life. And it happened on the other end of one of the, not one of, the hardest thing I've ever gone through in ministry. Let me get even more transparent with you. This past year, specifically between January and May, uh, Emily and I got in more consistent fights in our marriage than any other time in our 16 and a half years of being married together. And there wasn't one thing that we could point to. It wasn't like, hey, this happened and now we're having a problem and it's creating this tension. There wasn't one thing that we could point to, but what it caused us to do is it caused us to ask some harder questions. It caused us to seek God in new ways. And it caused us to kind of mine down to see, like, what is it we're missing and how can we start to serve each other better? And we kind of lost sight of that after 16 and a half years of marriage. And it led us to get to a much healthier place. It doesn't mean we've arrived. It doesn't mean we don't still need to work on it, because we absolutely do. But it was that difficult season that caused us to go deeper in our dependence on God. The longer that I've walked with Jesus, the more that I have come to look at my difficult seasons of life with a different lens. And as I reflect back on some of the seasons or situations in my life that just sucked, there's no better way to say it, I've, I've began to be able to fall on this more often. I wouldn't choose it, but because God can use it, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't choose it, but because God can use it, I wouldn't change it. 
And so I guess what I'm trying to get through to someone in here this morning is regardless of your situation, regardless of your circumstances, they do not become limitations. Do not put limitations on God's transformational power that is at work, that is he's attempting to work within your life through the power of his Holy Spirit, trying to produce the fruits of the Holy Spirit within you. It does not, it is not dependent on your circumstances. And the better way that I could say that is allow him to use your circumstances to actually overcome the obstacle that is standing in front of you in him. So let me close this by getting incredibly practical. A year from today, we'll be celebrating our four-year anniversary. And like today, we'll be looking back and we'll be talking about all the things that God has accomplished within the last year. But you'll also be one year removed from today. And you'll be looking back and so can I ask you a real question this morning? What do you want to see? When you get a year removed from today and you're looking back, what do you want to see? You know what I want to see? I want to see more marriages mended. And for someone in here, or maybe a few of you in here right now, that's your obstacle, isn't it? Your marriage is just not at a place that you wish that it were. Maybe it's the obstacle that you can't overcome because you're thinking, Aaron, if you only knew what was happening in my marriage right now, you would know that this is not possible for my life. But I want, you, I want to encourage you to allow your obstacle to become God's opportunity. And for you to use this tough season as an opportunity to seek God in new ways. Don't let a good hard season go to waste. You know what I want to see? I want to see more addictions overcome. And some of you, whatever that addiction is that you keep coming back to, this is some of you where it's like, man, because this has been my consistent experience, it's really hard for me to expect anything different. And because you keep coming back to this thing, you just think, well, this is just who I am and this is just how things are going to be. But can I encourage you this morning to allow that obstacle to become God's opportunity because his transformational power is bigger than any addiction in your life. You know what I want to see? I want to see more people saying yes to Jesus. I want to see more people being buried in the waters of baptism. And maybe you're here today and this has been a decision that you've never made. And maybe it's been hard for you because you've got your fair share of excuses over here where it's like based on my experience in churches and my experience around Christians and all the hypocrisy and you, know, you fill in the blank, whatever it is, you've got your fair share of excuses that are keeping you from making the step towards Christ to give him your life, to invite him to become the leader and Lord of your life. But can I encourage you this morning to set aside all the other junk, because I agree with you, the church doesn't always do a good represent, doesn't, isn't always a good representation of the beauty and the love and the grace and the mercy and the compassion of Jesus. And so that's what I want you to experience. If you want to talk more about that, I'll clear my calendar and we can talk about that. I want to see more people experiencing life in groups in community. You were created for Christian community, but some of you, whether it's because you're an introvert or whether it's because you think you're too busy or whether it's because you don't think you need it, I want to see more people taking that step and experiencing life in community. I want to see more people serving on teams because you were created for a purpose and on purpose, and one of the purposes God created you for was to serve as church. I want to see more parents. Listen, parents, I want to see more of you discipling your kids because the best place for discipleship is in your home. And some of you don't feel like you have the tools. Some of you don't feel like you have the ability, the knowledge to be able to disciple your kids and to speak and, and teach them about the principles of following Jesus. But if you have a voice, then you have influence. If you have a voice, you have influence. And I want you to learn how to use that voice and that influence to disciple your kids at home. Discipleship will always has, happen best 
in the home. So, as I close, how do we make this a reality? How do we get a year removed from today and to look back and actually see some of these things taking place in our church, in our homes, in our marriages, these addictions being overcome, more people saying yes to Jesus? Our faith, listen to me, not my faith, our faith has to become our primary focus. Because when our faith becomes our primary focus, we naturally open our lives open. We open our lives more to the transformational power of God in our lives. Now to him who is able to do abundantly more than what you could ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in your life. Let me close by reading a paraphrase from Romans chapter 12 that I think is a great way to close this message. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to our culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Let me pray for us. Oh God, there are a lot of different stories in this room, which means there's a lot of different experiences. And based on those experiences, some people in here, have stopped expecting you for, for you to do some kind of transformational work in their life, for you to do something inside of them that would cause them to get a year removed from today and look back and not even recognize who they once were. God, I know because I've been on this side of several conversations of watching people put limitations on you and saying, that could never happen in my life, that could never happen for me, and then getting a year removed from that point and looking back and being at a place in their life where you've done something that they didn't even think was possible just a year before then. God, would you remind every single per person in this room this morning that you have the ability to do that. But you, don't, you never will force yourself on us, so we do have to open our lives up to you. And I pray that that's what people do this morning. And they will begin to approach this year, that they will capture this year differently pursuing it with expectation of what you can and what you will do in their lives when they make their faith their primary focus, when we seek first your kingdom. And so, God, we invite you to do just that. And, Lord, I pray that when we're a year removed from today, we get to look back and not just celebrate things that we've accomplished as a church, but we get to celebrate life change and transformation that has happened in the lives of people in this room. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I want to transition us into a time of response right now. And I kind of sense that for some of you, this is, like, this is still, it's, it's, it's tough. This is hard for you to swallow. And so maybe you just need to sit in your chair for a little bit and you need to ask God to continue to break down those obstacles, break down those limitations that you've put on him. For those of us that have put our faith and trust in Jesus, uh, we're going to celebrate in something called communion. And if you've not yet put your faith and trust in Christ, then this is an opportunity for you to just kind of sit and reflect. But for those of us that have made that decision, uh, we're going to go over to one of these four stations around the room and we're going to take a cracker that represents the broken body of Jesus and we're going to dip it in a cup of juice that represents his blood. 
And we're going to remember that because Jesus walked out of a tomb, because he defeated death, that there is transformational power available for your life. Yes, by putting your faith and trust in him, you can be saved and you can have life eternal. But right now you can also find life transformation through what he's wanting to accomplish in and through you. For those of you that have brought your offering and have come prepared to give, we've got buckets on each of the tables where you can uh, bring your offering as well and continue to grow with us in generosity. We, we want to become the most generous church that any of you have ever been a part of. Continue to grow with us in that area and continue to trust God with your finances. For some of you, uh, you need to get something off your chest. And so back in the back, uh, we've got some prayer tables where you can go back and just write down whatever it is that you've been carrying. Uh, maybe you've been carrying it alone for a long time and you just you need to get it out or you need to invite someone to pray for you. We encourage you to do that. But if you've never made the decision to put your trust and faith in Jesus, we don't ever want to get through a Sunday without giving you an opportunity to accept his saving grace. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith, not by your works, not by what you do, but by the grace of God so no man can boast. In other words, there's nothing that you have to do. He did it all, but you do have to invite him into your life. You have to surrender your life to him. And scripture says you'll be saved if you'll do that. I'll be over here by this sign that says, I said yes to Jesus. If you want to talk more about that, there's no greater decision than, you can, than that that you can make today. I'm going to pray for us, and then I'll encourage you to respond. Well, Lord, as we come back to the cross once again, I pray that your sacrifice is renewed in our minds and in our souls all over again. That we're reminded that even though grace is free, it wasn't cheap because Jesus had to go through an excruciating death in order to achieve it. But Father, we know that he didn't stay in that tomb, that he walked out of it. And that's why we celebrate today that we, can, we have life eternal because of his, his power to overcome death. And so, God, for anyone in this room that has never made that decision, I pray that you help them to see that is the most important decision that they need to make today. And for the rest of us, will you remind us that the power that overcame the grave is the same power that exists inside of us, which means we can find life we can experience life in transformation. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Feel free to respond.